Welcome back, everybody, to episode 20. Milestone, Scott. Two decades. 20. 20 episodes. That's like a season of a uh, of a TV show. My name is Sean, by the way. I'm Scott. 20 episodes, and it's been about six days since we talked to you last, and in just six short days, we have NFL Divisional Champs, we have new Baseball Hall of Famers, and we have one big dummy in Antonio Brown, Scott. We got a nice little lineup of things to discuss here very early on a Thursday morning. Another 5 a.m.er. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about, so let's hit it. Let's hit it so Scott can get back to bed, right, Scott? (laughs) Oh, man. I'm dying, but you know what? I thought hard about rolling over and, and hitting the snooze button and telling you I forgot, but I'm here. That's I'm here. not that's not how we do things on perpetual sports. Yeah, hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was a tough one, but the, the listeners know that. It's not how we do things. Well, not I'm at here. All. all right. So how about we start with our new Hall of Fame class? Oh. Changing it up on me, huh? Changing it up. Or do you want to start with NFL? We'll start no, with NFL. No, 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 that's fine. Okay, new Hall of Famers. Tim Raines, Yvonne Rodriguez, and Jeff Bagwell. Yeah. Do you like them, Scott? Um, Rachel. I mean, I guess so. I still think, I, I still have the Barry Bonds um, beef. Um. Uh, you Hoffman missed, missed it by what half a percentage point, by like uh, five votes or something like that. Yeah, I I saw him at I saw him at seventy four percent. He needed seventy five. I'm not sure if it was seventy four and some change, but yeah, he only needed another handful of votes, so he'll probably be in next year. And Vlad, Vlad was at seventy one percent, and they only need seventy five, so he'll probably be in again too. And you know what? It was so close. If both of them got it, it would have been the biggest draft class since 1936. Five guys. Yeah. And yeah. Like and and like you said, only missing it by a little bit. It's awesome. Well, this is an absolute stacked lineup. Like there's a lot of guys in this thing that deserve to be in. Um, and maybe that's just because we're getting to an era where like we know all of these guys now. You know, well, yeah, we've these seen were our all childhood, these guys play. Yeah, these were our childhood guys. Right. And so, like, it's beginning to be like, oh, wow. Like, I loved him watching him play, but does he actually deserve to be in the in the Hall of Fame? Dude, as much as I love Gary Sheffield, probably won't be in the Hall of Fame. Did you see how many, what percentage he got? Would, would, would um, he even I'm be, looking at it right now. It's 13. Be, okay, so he'll be on the ballot next year. He'll be on the ballot, but he's on the outside looking in. Yeah, Gary I Sheffield think. saw Melvin Mora on the ballot. Melvin Mora. So, let me let me just let me just. What was that, Scott? Ask you here. What's your what's your deal with with guys like Clemens, Bonds, uh, Sammy Sammy Sosa, the uh, the steroid era guys that are probably never going to get in. Do you have a do you have an opinion on that? Uh, well, first of all, I don't want to say never get in 
They got they were just both of them, Bonds and Clemens were just over fifty percent yesterday. Just over fifty percent. They're creeping up and they still have five years. So this is their fifth year on the ballot. And the rule was changed. I believe it's down to ten now because of guys like them. That rule was changed so they wouldn't be on the ballot for too long. It used to be fifteen. And some guys got grandfathered in. Like Tim Raines. Wasn't this his last year? 15? This is his 15th year, wasn't it? It was either now or never for Tim Raines. Well, good for him then. But personally, I think these guys deserve to get in. Why? Because they're the best baseball players that that lived. Barry Bonds is the best baseball player in the history of the world. Well, he is the he is the home run record, but what makes him the what makes him the best baseball player? Everything he did, stats wise, um, he just has some insane stats. I wish I, I wish I pulled him up at the time, um, but his wins above replacement are just insane. War? Are you a war guy now, oh, Scott? I'm, a, I'm an analytics a, guy. Oh my! Yeah, I forgot that you got to be a nerd. I don't know when that happened. You know, I had to. I had to change. Dude. I've been I've been watching and playing basketball and baseball for years like a dummy. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So if you're not an analytics guy, you're a dummy. You're a big dummy. I think you're just a big nerd. That's what yeah, you are, Scott. A big dummy. Looking at war. I can't believe you just mentioned war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was gonna some crazy stats like Barry Bonds's first half of his career his war was like 86 everybody else in the ballot doesn't even have a war of that in their entire career okay he now that's the first all, half of his career that's all well and good Scott but let's just keep in mind here let's keep in mind this one thing about the Hall of Fame is that you got your Hall of Fame and then you got your museum of the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, they are all over the museum. They're in there. Good. Okay, you don't need to be voted to be in there. Their their cleats are in there, their jerseys, jockstrap, whatever you want. They got all kinds of junk in there on them. They are not in the actual hall. With the little plaque, that thing. That's what that's what the that's what the writers vote on is who to is who to give a plaque to. So people analytics nerds and, and people who believe that Bonds and Clemens should be in there, they can rest assured that they they kinda are. Their names will be immortalized in baseball. They will be. However, just not in the hall of fame with the little plaque and the blah blah blah. I'm okay with not seeing them in the Hall of Fame. I'm fine with that. Mm. I'm okay, I'm okay keeping a guy out who committed perjury in front of the grand in front of the Supreme Court. Scott, I'm, I'm, this I'm is not a this is not a morality contest. This is about the best baseball player that's ever lived. Yeah, people mention the whole oh we've put racists in the Hall of Fame and 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 blah blah blahs in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know what? Then shame on us already. I, I'm okay with I'm okay with keeping Clemens and and Barry Bonds out. I'm all right with that. It's it's not, and I agree with you. I agree that this the steroids 
it might extend their career a bit, a bit, but it says nothing about the the talent. I mean, the talent was there. You know, steroids mm-hmm. doesn't help you. Steroids doesn't help you put the bat on the ball. Makes might make it go a little bit farther, but you're not you're not getting hits because of because of steroids. Yeah, and, and, and Bonds did that, right? I mean, that's the, that's no debate here. They're just they're just big old jerks, Scott. They're just big old jerks. I, I think I think they'll get in. And then the next, you said five years are still on the ballot. I think they, I, th- I think they will too. But I'm okay seeing them not get in. It's I I'm think kind people of indi- start coming over to the dark side. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a little indifferent towards the subject. I don't even call it the dark side. I just, I don't, I don't know. People are just, they're just stubborn, man. They're just stubborn. You know, it's, it's going to take about hundred more votes. It, it's, it won't be hard for these guys to get in. I think they will. I think they will. Um, the numbers and the and the thing they contributed to baseball trumps their their morality. You know, I grew up watching the Rocket man. Yeah, watching him throw a bat at Mike Piazza's head. I loved it. That was pretty cool. I loved it. It was pretty cool when he threw a splintered bat at Mike Piazza. What a guy! Put him in yeah. the Hall of Fame, Scott. Yeah, I was I was a Yankee fan growing up. There was no Nationals around. I was I love the Yankees. I love the old, you know, late nineteen nineties, early two thousands Yankees. That was the that was the pinnacle and my love that's when my love for baseball really really came about. The Roger Clemens, the Mike Mussina, the Andy Pettit. Dude, and you now that you say that, here's what might hurt guys like Bonds and Clemens is Andy Pettit and Derek Jeter. And Chipper Jones, some There's of those be other a lot of unanimous some, guys coming in. Here. Yeah, some of those other guys who were who are who are the mid '90s, early '90s, mid '90s guys who just retired a, a handful of years ago, they're going to be coming in. They're going to be taking all the votes away from Bonds and and Clemens. Now, I I agree that it's it's on the up and up for them. It's looking up. They they were just over fifty percent both of them, and that was much more than they were last year. So if it keeps going, they'll they'll be in. However, we gotta remember the guys who will be appearing on the ballot next year, and and in do years. You know to those come. guys right there. All the top of my head, no. But I mean, we could just do the math. You know, Jeter's Jeter's been retired for three years, okay. right? So he'll be so he'll be on it in two years. Okay, Ch- Chipper Jones is similar. And then you got, like you said, Andy Pettit. I'm sure the Moose will be getting, you know, his votes will be going up too. The Moose. Love it. Love it. But, guys, Hoffman should have definitely been in. Vlad will be in. Right. Those two guys guys will be in for sure. They'll be in guys every year. But hopefully Bonds reaches that mark in his career that he deserves. I just completely agree. We'll see. Quick Pudge story, Yvonne Rodriguez. Did I ever tell you this story? When So remember how he played for the Nats like the last year or two of his career? Yeah, yeah. So he was on the Nationals, and I was a senior in high school. And we, were, we went for a game. This is probably like the second year that Nats Stadium was even a thing, right? When, when they opened up Nats Park and they, they got out of that 
awfulness of RFK. Horrible place to watch a game. But me and my buddies were we were walking around and we were we were sitting not sitting but we were standing a couple minutes before the game right above the Nationals bullpen and I can't remember who was pitching I can't I mean this is before Strauss came and this is before the Nats were good right they only got good in 2012 this is before that and Pudge is is in the bullpen obviously warming whoever up and. My buddy, Nick Paletti, I wonder if he's listening. That's his actual name. I don't know if that's messed up for me to say his it's actual name. It's pretty messed up. But he, goes, but he goes, hey, Pudge, I had you on my Backyard Baseball 2001 team. And then Pudge stood up, took off his mask, pointed at him, and then threw him a ball. It was awesome. So I'm so glad to see, <laughs> I'm so glad to see Pudge in the, in the Hall of Fame. That's all it takes, man. What that's a guy. That's all it takes. What a guy. Baseball players don't realize that like that makes a huge impact on people. Oh, fan for life. I mean, obviously that was the end of towards the that was the end of his career. We're already Pudge fan. If you're not a Pudge fan at that point, you're just you're just weird. You know, the guy played for twenty uh not twenty some years. Best defensive catcher of all time. That's yeah, what he's regarded as. Twenty one years. Yeah, he was the first or he's not the first, but he's the first First year ballot catcher to get in since Johnny Bench, nineteen eighty nine. Thought that was kind of cool. See, that's deserving, and there's going to be more guys like that, like you said, who are our childhood heroes who are coming up, and hopefully, right. hopefully, steal votes from Bonds and Clemens. Slam and Sammy. Oh, he's just, it's never going to happen for him. How many votes? What was his percentage? He was at 8%. Yeah, that's just enough How? to keep him on. And How? He had 600 home runs. It's insane. Because, dude, because it's not it's not just that, though. The writers aren't looking just at that. They're taking all this other stuff into account, man. They're the writers. You know, they're writers. They probably have tons of stories about each and every single one of these guys. Eh. And eh. and just little tiny you know d bag stories can can keep him off. Who knows, man? I don't know how Fred McGriff gets twenty one percent, but Slam and Sammy Sosa gets eight percent. The sprint eh. out to right field before each game—that was his thing. Remember that? He had a couple years the Orioles. Sammy Sosa. Yeah, yeah like, so did, yeah, like so did Vlad. Ago. Vlad had a coat, yeah, at the end of his career. That's right. Moose, Moose started his career with the Orioles. Mm. Some good years there. A lot of Orioles guys on there, sadly. There you go. There you go. And I never knew that Tim Raines played on the O's until I until I read more about him <laughs> yesterday. Had no idea. He played four games. Four games <laughs> with the Orioles. Awesome. All right. You got anything else about Hall of Fame? Anything I don't. Else you we, get really, we really drove this thing into the ground. Probably yeah. more than people wanted to hear about baseball well, Hall of Fame. I think we're just I think we're just so excited to talk baseball finally again. Oh, I know it. So Scherzer isn't playing in the World Baseball Classic. Shock, shock. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. He, he had, I don't want to say hyperextended, but it was some weird thing. He messed up his thumb. Towards the end of the season. And he thought it would just kind of go away. But then it never did. 
So he said, oh, I'm not going to play in the World Baseball Classic. And it just seemed like a scapegoat to me because no major league team wants your ace pitcher to go play in the World Baseball Classic a month before the season starts. Of course they're not. There's just funny timing. It was that's like, a, yeah, you know, my thumb. That's a, pretty, that's a pretty dude thing to do. I'm sure that happens a lot. And like guys like Scherzer are just like, eh, it'll just go away. I mean, I oh, say yeah. that all the time. I say that all the time on my body. I'm like, yeah, it'll just go away in a few weeks or a few days. You like, and Scherzer, Scott, just come on. You've it. done that. <laughs> you've done that before. Come on. Yeah. Well, you got to do it. You know, you got to. That's a, that's a, it's a baseball. I could player. see him doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a baseball player. It's like uh, Kluber, right? Just ripping his finger open on his drone. Well, that's pitcher, different. That's different. Yeah, dude, but he was still playing with blood gushing out of his hand. You remember that? That was like that's gonna go down with the whole bloody sock. That image is him holding that ball and just it looks like friggin' like a battle scene or something just coming out of his finger. It looked like something out of a movie. Yeah. The bloody finger. All right. Well, that is that is enough baseball. Let's move along to the NFL. It finally happened, Scott. We had good NFL playoff games over the weekend. Yeah, finally. And we'll have some good ones coming up, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, well, I don't know about that. Oh. <laughs> I'm, you have an opinion <laughs> hold here. Hold on, hold on. I was like, this is not the energy that I wanted to start this segment. We should just Michael Scott this right now and try this again. They're gonna be good. They're gonna be good games. Yes, I think. I think I sort of misspoke. Packers Falcons. The point spread. So, so the Falcons are five point favorites. They're playing in Atlanta. It's the last game of the Georgia Dome. Like it's got romance written all over it. But their defenses in the regular season. The Falcons and the Packers were twenty eight and thirty one, respectively. Okay. The over-under for the game, Scott, is 60.5 in a That's probably right. Game. That's probably 60. right. 60.5. I know it's right. And so when you said a good game, we're going to see a lot of incredible offense because Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan, like what more could you ask for between two quarterbacks duking it out, right? But yeah. it's going to be a lot of scoring and not a lot. of. It's the varsity offense against the junior varsity defense. That's what we're looking at right now. That's what this game is going to be. Good football. That's what people want to see. So I don't know why you're calling it a bad. No, bad I didn't matchup. call it a bad thing. It's just going to be. It's going to be a high-scoring game, and we've talked about that on the, on the show. That I think. Okay, I think that a high-scoring NFL game is not a good NFL game. High-scoring football game is not necessarily something I want to see. I want to see some good stops. I want to see some defense. I want to see some punts. Anyway, that's what I meant. That's what I meant by, of course, they're going to be good games. But the definition of a good game in my mind, that's the, fir that's the first thing I thought of was the awful defense in the Packers and the Falcons. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, I mean, people want to see offense. And then, you know, the guy, the person... With the ball last in this game is going to win the game. Let's just say that. Okay, so it's going to come down to another last possession. Of course. 
It's going to be another Packers Cowboys. The NFL situation. needs needs it to be like that. You know, and that's that's okay. I think I think that I think that Packers Cowboys game from last weekend. I think that's a lot different if they're playing at Lambeau. Mason Crosby doesn't make that fifty-four yard field goal at the end of the game in the frigid weather. It's because they're in big. It's because they're inside. And maybe maybe. We'll, maybe we'll see some more long field goals in the in the Packers. A lot of field goals. A lot of field goals last weekend. The Steelers got all of their points on. Yeah. They got eighteen points on six field goals. See, I yeah, I, I hate when game I hate when kickers decide the game, but you know it's what it is. Yeah, it's 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 how it goes. What are you more excited for? Are you more excited for the Packers Falcons, or are you more excited for Steelers Patriots? And why? Ooh, oh, that's a, that's a tough question. Well, honestly. just reference your analytics, Scott, and then uh, that will guide Gee, you towards you an know? answer. Ooh. I'm going to bring it up so, yeah, so, keep so many more keep times. And you're going to be amazed at my at my coaching omelet this week then. But you know what? I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it for being smarter than you. That's that's the cost of it. I can, I can get that. Are you going to explain what war is in your coach's omelet? No, no, no. I'm going to explain. <laughs> it's a magical the, number. The madness behind analytics, and all. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you over to, to my side. Okay. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see. We'll, we'll get to that in coach's omelet. So, what are you excited for when the? No, oh, it's, it's a great question, dude. Um, probably the Patriots game. Probably the Patriots game. Um. It's it's at, yeah, it's at the Patriots. Um, did you hear Bill Belichick the other day about what he said about home, when he was asked about home field advantage? Yeah, dude, I saw. I wish I had the sound right now. I I wish I had it, but I I didn't. I didn't pull it up and say I I don't. But yes. Okay. <laughs> that was but, a very a long, just verbose. You could have just said no. I don't. A simple no would have sufficed. <laughs> but he. When he was asked about home field advantage, he said, and, and, and help me with this, ask Kansas City and Dallas. That's right, because they both lost at home. Yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty funny coming, coming from Bill Belichick. Well, um, yeah, but, but it's a tongue-in-cheek answer too, Scott. Of because, course. Because he knows and everyone knows, even dummies like us know, that they don't lose at home. I looked up their conference. The NFL. Champ- Anybody can lose anywhere. So their their conference championship record in game in conference championships played at home. They're four and one since since Brady in two thousand three. They've only lost one. Just first of all, they've been they've been playing a conference championship at home that many times since two thousand three is insane. Yeah. But they're four and one. They don't lose at home. They do not lose at home. Conference yeah, championship. You say wise. they don't lose at home, but you know it's just different teams. I feel like you know you have a case with the with the Patriots kind of being the same core because they've always had Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, but. The Patriots are a different team. It, it's always it's different year to year, and I and I hate going back and saying you know, like it's always been an argument with the Redskins. They're historically bad. They can't they can't win, or DC sports can't win in the playoffs. And it's just 
I, I hate that because each year in each sport is mutually exclusive from the last, especially in professional. You know, you got it's just different different teams. Yeah, it's, you, it's not like these guys are like choking in the playoffs. It's just it's just a crapshoot in every sport. Yeah, you, and anybody can beat anybody. So you know, I I have I have a problem, and you know maybe this is the coach or or whatever coming out of me. Um, it's just I I don't look at the past like that, and, and no no nobody looks at the past like that. Yeah, you make great points, and I agree with you. Every team is different. But just playing at home across the board, really no matter what sport, players are just happier when they're playing at home and not playing in a, in a hostile environment, when they got when they got their fans there. And that's, that's across the board. That really doesn't matter from year to year. Every player would rather play in front of their own fans, on their own field, on, on the grass on which they play no multiple doubt. times a year and not just once. So that is ubiquitous across all teams, no matter what year. I mean, yeah, there are different players coming in and out. It's not like the players who lost or the players who won in years prior. It's not like their ghosts are haunting them in the in the huddle right. or anything like that. Right. But everybody just would prefer playing at home. No, I, mean, I, I definitely think, agree with that. I, I definitely mean, agree with that. Yeah. Home, that, home field advantage is, is just huge. Exactly. That's all it is. That's all. And it's just peculiar how some fan bases, home field advantage just sort of says more. If the Steelers win this game, if the Steelers Packers win this game, yeah, yeah, but if the Steelers and Packers win these two games, both being road teams, will, will anybody be surprised? I, I don't think so. Uh, well... Technically, the Falcons and the Patriots are favorites. So, in in a way like that, it is an upset. It technically is an upset, but but I mean, no, I don't think anybody's gonna be surprised because it's, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers and it's Big Ben with Le'Veon Bell and Big Dummy Antonio Brown. Like, no, you can't be surprised there. But but it technically, it would be an upset. Who's who's the worst offense still left in the playoffs? Dude, yeah, that's a that's an odd way to put it. I don't know. I don't even know if I can answer that. That's a tough question. I mean, what a final tough. four of quarterbacks yeah. here. Yeah, right. if you had to hand pick the four best quarterbacks, is the these are the, the top four? These are the guys. Yeah, these are the guys. Yeah, just goes to show you what a quarter what a franchise quarterback can do for you. Redskins. Well, you know, you know what I'll. You can't say Steelers because of Le'Veon Bell. I okay. think, but the whole thing when you say worst offense, when I look at their game last week, and if you score eighteen points and only put up field goals against the Patriots, Can Pittsburgh, yeah. you're you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. Le'Veon Bell can run all over the place. If he doesn't put it in the end zone, you guys are going to lose. So I don't know if I like that. I mean, I like the offense. So maybe, maybe answering your question, I'll say the Steelers, even though it's ridiculous with, That's the, best, so, yeah. with the best wide receiver and the best running back in the league. Who knows, man? It'll it'll be good though. It'll be a good one. Do you have any particular favorites? Any money going on the games or, or I don't. anything like that? I don't, because that's there is no there is no good bet in here. You're just excited to watch some football. Of course. 
Can can I ask you about the over under with sixty points for the Packers Falcons? Ooh, little wager. Uh, last time they played, it was thirty three thirty two. Again, I don't think that has much of a. Oh yeah, the Fal- yeah the Falcons beat the Packers, but but the Packers early in the season they were in a weird place. Oh yeah, I don't. It's a it's a different the team and beat everything the Packers. like that. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Enough said. Yeah, so it's it's a different team, but I I gotta go with the over. I think that's I think that's pretty uh pretty solid bet, right? It's a, I'd probably take the over. Of I course, mean, I mean it's that's that's pretty it's pretty easy. I bet Vegas is taking the over. High octane. This was the Vegas, the Vegas over under. The point spreads I mentioned were ESPN, but the but the over under is Vegas. Of course. It'll be a good weekend. Hopefully, I won't jinx anything. Hopefully, it's gonna be another good weekend of football. And before we get before we change sports, Scott, I wanted to ask if you had any thoughts on the Antonio Brown Facebook Live mm. ordeal. I'm not. I'm not well read. Um. He posted what Mike Tomlin's post game speech. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he he Facebook lived the locker room after after they beat the Chiefs. And you know Tomlin, of course, like any coach, I don't know why people are surprised at Tomlin calling their next opponent an a hole. I mean, it's what coaches do. It's a locker room. I mean, it's a locker room. But for Antonio Brown to be such a big dummy to record that, I don't know. I, I, I did pull up his response to it after he did it, and Tomlin said, okay, yeah, he's going to be pun- – I did, I did pull that up, so we'll just, we'll just give that a listen. No, I wasn't aware. You know, I had no point intended to, to put our organization on blast or such. You know, I had no intention uh, to not be in tune when uh, the coach was talking. You know, I was just solely caught up in the moment, genuinely excitement. And uh, want to get the fans a hands-on experience, but I didn't have a clue about it. Uh, we have been doing the live videos after the games, but um, now I know I learned from it. I prepare to move forward. So he says he didn't know. He didn't have a clue. That's his thing. We we've been doing the Facebook live after the games. We want to give something for the fans. You know, I guess. Uh, understandable you're reaching out to the fans like i get that but dude you're f- inside of the locker room that's a yeah. sacred spot don't be a dummy don't be a dummy but then everybody else are dummies because like how could tomlin be so mean to their next what what do you think he's gonna call them like oh those nice guys from new england it's gonna be a heck of a game fellas let's Hit it hard and prepare like no coach is ever gonna do that if anybody's been in a locker room or to any Talk, any, to hear any coaches talk about an opposing team, we're n- it's it's not sunshine and rainbows. No, it's no, no. Le- it's let's let's pump up the guys and let's and let's go get after it. Of course, and I you know I firmly believe that what's said in the locker room stays in the locker room. Oh, for sure. You know it doesn't matter, but and this know. was and this was Facebook Live. Like, do you ever mess with Facebook Live? No, I don't. Did you ever Facebook Live our? Our podcast or I have never. Episodes. I probably never. I don't know how, and probably never will. Okay, well, so that's so. It's it's you tune in live. It's right in the name. You could just watch. It's not like you can edit or delete stuff, right? You just watch it. So as soon as you put it out there, you can't control it. It is completely out of your hands because it's live. Because you never know who else is pulling it up and recording. Blah blah blah. 
So and then Tomlin obviously responds to it. He makes Tomlin. I mean, it makes Tomlin look bad. As much as we understand that that's what a head coach does, that's how he talks. This makes Tomlin look bad, and he says that Antonio Brown will be punished, but the team will not be punished. Which sounds like it sounds like he's referencing like he'll be punished, but it's not like we're gonna yank him. For no. the weekend, right? I mean, he's best wide receiver. We're not going to punish the team. Anyway, it's just, you know, I, and I agree with that approach. I do think Antonio Brown should be, if not him, because so, he does sound fairly apologetic in his tone. He sounds like he's like, I messed up. This was stupid. Like, my bad. But someone's got to be made an example out of with all this social media crap and it getting guys in trouble literally Every single week before one of the biggest games of their lives, someone someone needs to be made an example out of. I want to see like a coach smash someone's phone or something like that. Like yeah. you remember, you remember in Tropic Thunder? You ever see that movie Tropic Thunder? Have, where the director yeah. takes their phones and like dumps like yep. water all over them. Yep. And Jack Black freaks out. I want to see something like that, and I want to read about it, and I want to see a, a see it on ESPN. I don't know. I think I think <laughs> something needs to be done about players on on social media. But you know, what are you gonna do? Fair enough. What are you gonna do? Let's see. All right, switch sports. Let's do it. I wanted to just talk about the Washington Wizards. We haven't talked long if, if, if you don't want to talk too long about the NBA. But I just wanted to point out that two months ago, they started the season at two and eight. Awful. Just a just a horrendous start to the season. And now they're twenty two and nineteen. They have won thirteen home games in a row. I mean, we just got done talking about home field advantage clearly. It's got something to do with well, the Washington Wizards because their away record is awful. They're like four and thirteen or something like that, and they've won thirteen home games in a row. Thirteen. It's not because of the fans at the Verizon Center. I'll tell you that. <laughs> what fans? Exactly. <laughs> Nobody goes. Exactly. But okay. To be fair, I think people. I think the attendance is sort of increasing a bit. And now again, let's let's think about what fans are doing here. There's sort of bigger fish to fry in the sports world, right, Scott? You, sure. You just had your college football playoffs. You have your NFL playoffs now. Even diehard Washington fans who don't have anybody to root for in They're the not NFL for the Skins or the for the Wizards. I mean, what what? We're not we're not rooting for the Wizards. Well, it's not that we're not rooting for the. I mean, we want the Wizards to win. It's just I don't care about going to the games right now. Not yet. When I no. when I got NFL games, playoff games to watch on TV. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I feel like the 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 sports priorities are just a little bit different. So I don't want to slam Wizards. I mean, not that we're slamming anybody, but 13 home games in a row. I mean, that's something. And then just last night, last night really came. It came down to the last second. But Otto Porter going six for eight from behind the behind the arc. Six for eight. He's I, thought that was a, 
I thought that was an impressive number, and I just wanted to mention it. You know, we we never give we never give the Wizards a, uh, too much of give give them a minute, give them a minute. Well, they well they got their minute. That's there really all go. I had to say about the Wizards, and I hope they're uh, they're they're the second half of their season about. I guess about halfway through the season now, game 40 or 41 or something like that. And the second half of their season is mainly, or it's road game heavy. So we'll see. Because, again, they do not do well on the road. Four wins and I think I think 13 losses, something something like that. Anyway, something to, something to watch out for and hopefully as... The football season winds down. We'll see. We'll see the Verizon Center, uh, you know, above fifty percent capacity. Keep dreaming. All right. Well, let's change sports again. We're actually not going to switch sports. We're somewhat. We're somewhat winding down. So we're going to go to our our classic segments, our our favorites. Last week we had a dude of the week in the Mississippi State basketball team. So this week, that means we need a schlub of the week. Schlub, untalented, unimpressive. What was the other definition of schlub? Just disgusting Un, yeah. and Un, I, unimpressive. I, I don't know. That, that's about it, really. Yeah, it's it's the opposite of dude of the week. Dude of the week is is an athlete or a coach or someone in the sports world helping people because you don't see that too often in the news. We want to recognize that on perpetual sports talk. Schlub of the week is the opposite. Okay, we often hold up sports sports people, whether they're players or coaches, as immortal, but they're humans and they do stupid stuff too. So that's going to bring us to the Ryder versus Sienna game. And I got a little sound clippy for you, Scott. And watch this. It all started innocently enough, and after the foul on the alley-oop, things getting rough. Sienna, Ryder players scuffling. And then it was turned to the actual coaches. Ryder head coach Kevin Baggett. Is the head coach Jimmy Patsos. And you see them screaming at each other. And this coming off the heels of what happened with New Mexico and Colorado State. Then after the game was over, look at Patsos. He proceeds to <laughs> air shake the entire Ryder team. Because Baggett and his team was walking off the court. Horrible, horrible sportsmanship right there. So Ryder Sienna, there's a little tiff. And then again, Scott, for the second week in a row, we have coaches fighting. Love it. I love it. I asked my other assistant when we're throwing hands. You know, it could happen. It could happen. Coaches fight. It's it's a horrible feel, but it's a little confusing right there. So Ryder and Sienna, the players are getting into it, and the coaches get into it. Then after the game, game's done, winner, loser, you're supposed to go shake hands. The Ryder coach, along with their players, walks off the court, doesn't even bother. Horrible feel, horrible sportsmanship, just bad overall. So the Ryder head coach is the schlub of the week for doing that. It's bad. It's unimpressive. It's it's, It's un everything. It's every negative word I can think of. On the other hand... You had the Sienna coach walking across the <laughs> the floor and and by the the press table as if he was shaking hands, except he was doing it like a mime in like a charades type, shaking an invisible, just completely showing up the rider coach. So I think we have a dude of the week. And all in, in one, all wrapped into one story. 
one story, one video. We have the the Ryder schlub and the Sienna dude. Fair enough. I love it. I love it. That's a great one. Scott, just get into a fight so it's on ESPN and we can talk about it. I just would get love into to. A fight I would love with to. another assistant coach, please. I would love to. You know what? That'll be my goal coming up. You can put that on the resume. You could say perpetual sports stock schlub of the week in week 21. They'll be like, no way. You were that guy? <laughs> you were handshake guy? <laughs> That'd be a thing. You'd have sad Expos fan. You would have schlub of the week. That's life is life is good, man. I, you know, couldn't get any higher than that. Dude, household name, household face, and and Scott. I'm surprised you're not getting more direct messages on Twitter. Are yeah, we getting? Too. Are you getting any of those? By the way, I am not. You know, and I'm getting some spam accounts following us now, and it's just it's getting weird. It's ah, getting weird. That's okay. We welcome all, Scott. That's that's how we that's how we do things, but uh. But let's so uh, congrats to Ryder and Sienna, Schlub and Dude, respectively. Let's move on to another segment. Onward to our coaches omelet. So this is a segment we haven't done this in a couple weeks, Scott. But this is where we take our coaching experience, our coaching experience of Scott and Sean, basketball and and baseball, respectively. And we would just like to share our knowledge. And we call it the Coach's Omelet because we're cracking eggs of wisdom. <laughs> we're cracking eggs. And we're making a little omelet. Okay? So, that's Scott, a great I, name. That, I that's think... A great, that's a great name. Yeah, I got some stuff. Since, whip, something, since... whip something up for us. You, you're, calling, you're calling me a nerd earlier, and I'm kind of taking offense to that. You're, you're... Uh, sorry, Scott. You know what? You know what? I'm, I'm going to crack some eggs and show... Why I'm right and this and this stuff works, Crack a few uh, and it's going to be interactive. So you're you're going to be in here with me here, okay. and and the audience, you know, a- answer along here. Um, really, it's it's getting into analytics, and and that's the way the world's going. That's the way sports are going. It's all sabermetrics, analytics, best way to win, you know. Um, NBA wise, you you watch a little bit of NBA. Yeah, you you watch enough. Who are the teams that are winning in the NBA? The, uh, pa- the past two championships. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. Right. What do they do? They have the MVP on their team. They have. Well, well what do they do? What do they do offensively? They really? And what do they do offensively? I would actually, I would actually contrast their offensive approaches. Golden nah. State. I mean, you got Steph from from beyond the arc, but then you got guys for the for the Cavs like Irving and and James who just take it to the hoop. Dude, I the, mean, when when you watch basketball, you pick up on more stuff than I do. So I'm sure you're well, going to crack no. some eggs. No, they're I'll, easy answer. They're shooting the ball. They're all shooting threes. That's the way the basketball is working. Look yeah. at Houston. They're turning it around there. Cleveland and Warriors are all shooting the crap out of the ball. That's all they do. Do they ever work it in? they ever post up? James, well, you got you got James Harden, big guy. I mean, he's, He ain't posting up. He's hoisting more threes than anybody else in the history of the league. God, so the big guy just in the paint is that no longer a thing? So in I'm gonna I'm gonna crack some crack some analytics on you. Crack them. What's the best shot in basketball? What's the best shot? Well, I mean, is it a three point just because it's worth no. more points? What's the best shot in basketball? 
a shot that goes in the iron. No, a it's made a, shot. An, uh, let's go. Let's go uncontested layup. Okay. Uncontested layup is one point eight points per attempt. So every time you shoot an uncontested layup, you're shooting about ninety percent. You get one point eight points for it. Got it. Cool. What's the next best shot in basketball? I know you're not going to get it. A little, like a little ten footer from inside the paint, because I'm assuming that no. percentage is probably highest. Free throw. Okay. So you get to the free throw line, you're average about seventy five percent from the free throw line. You're the getting N- about one point five points per attempt. Hold on, the NBA average is seventy five percent. Probably basketball. That seems a little. Yeah, that seems a little low. No kidding. About seventy five to eighty percent. The Wizards went twenty one of twenty two yesterday. Well, that's I know high. that's I know that's like that's, that's like crazy. Well, you have these bigs that are in a ton of free throws that are bringing it down. You know, you're getting hack a Drummond and hack a hack a Dwight, so they're really bringing it down. But but a free throw is the next. You get about one point five. Then the next best shot in basketball. Hold on, let me try to answer it. Is it the three pointer? It is from where? Um. Not from the corner, not from straight on. It's like that 45 degree. No, from the corner. From the corner? From the corner is a little bit shorter than the NBA. Because, oh, okay, okay. See, I didn't know that. The corner three is a little bit shorter because they, you know, they extended the the three-point line, but they couldn't do it in the corners because of the sidelines. So so the corner three, you shoot about 40, 45% from the corner. Okay. That's 1.3. Next best shot in basketball? Any other three pointer. Okay. Okay. That's about one point one, one point two. So, e- so even more than all the other field goal shots, just even right more. around the paint, like mid range. Mid range is like point eight five. It's the worst shot in basketball. Okay. Is a post up. Huh. All right. I'm trying. Shot. I'm trying to work out in my mind where you're where you're getting, but. So so why are teams running down and posting up? Like why have we ever done that? Well You just di- like I mean it's been everybody. I mean everybody you've always been taught, you know, that a post a bigs and post moves are, are good. You know, but it's really not the way basketball's going. You gotta get four guards, spread the floor, and if you can't shoot, you can't play. It's just the way it is. You know, the bigs with the with the big post moves, you know, the the Wilt Chamberlain, the you know, even the Dwight Howard or Shaquille O'Neal, those guys are dinosaurs in this game. You know, you have to get bigs that can stretch the floor and create for other people. Now it's just like it's amazing that like people are still running down the floor trying to jam it in. And it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work over the long haul. And and I'm on this, you know, huge thing about it's either a layup or a three-pointer that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to just drill into my team it's either a a layup and you're getting to the rim or you're not shooting it and we're getting the three-pointer even if it's not contested but obviously we want to get the best three-point possible right but if if you're going to run there and and jam it in let's see how long you can win basketball games you still might win a few but it's not going to over the course of the season these numbers are going to even out and it's going to be it's going to be interesting so that's kind of my analytics deal it's just like 
we you have to listen to the numbers because over the long haul, it's just the way it's those the way things are going. Yeah, games change. Games, games change. Games not, not, change, I mean, but it's always kind of been that way. You know, why have we not learned about this until about you know five, four or five years ago? Well, because well, because like you said, that's not how the game was played. Right, but I mean, there was no you know, three-point three shot line. decades right, ago. Exactly. You see, what I'm saying. I mean, games. Exactly, just and then the post-up is worth a lot more. But if you take away the three-point line, but the way things are now, like it's amazing to me, you know, that these bigs are still getting contracts. It's like you maybe need one big on the floor, if that. Everybody else, you know, guys like Kristaps Porzingis. That guy's the future of, of the way. Anthony Davis he had to develop a shot or he was, you know, never going to be the player that he is now. These bigs have to shoot the ball. And there's no more back to the basket, throw it to him on the low block and make a post move. Make the hook shot. I mean, yeah, you can make it and you can make it 40% of the time. But is it worth it really? When teams can just run up and down the floor, spread the floor, and just throw it over the top on you, it, it's not. Well, uh, it's, but let me ask you something. And all this sounds awesome, and all this makes sense. It's a good logical statement. But do the numbers get that way, Scott? And are the numbers showing us that the long shots work simply because, like you said, the game is changing, and people have been only been keeping track of this in the past couple years therefore it's going to inflate how the game is being played now versus how it was played in the 80s do you see well, yeah what I'm yeah no here? i do i do and it's and it's shooting really it's it comes down to shooting it, and there's but, but it's better like a, shooters but it's like of course that way looks the best right now it's because that's how guys are playing right exactly now. They're, All these growing, analytics they're not numbers, growing up kids are not growing up back to the basket, you know, with post moves. They're not. What they're doing is, is they're shooting the ball. You know, in AAU and in high school ball, everybody thinks they can shoot. And it's just, it's not true. But if you ever want to make it, you're going to have to be able to shoot. And so, so yeah, if, if, you, if teams, if guys only shot 25% from the three-point line, I wouldn't be talking about this. But guys are shooting 40, 45 even low 50s from the three-point line. And that's just, that's just absurd. Yeah. But and so you have to catch up. If you, you will get left behind. Yeah, you got to adapt or die. Exactly. Adapt or die, that's nature. Right. And, and so people aren't adapting quick enough, I don't think. Okay. It, it, it does make sense. But, it, but again, it seems like these analytics have been only been being kept track of in the past five years as the game has been evolving and as people have been making like of course more like the numbers are going to show that because that's how the game is is changed do you see what i'm saying here I, i'm not sure of if course. i'm explaining myself enough of course the game the game is changing and it's the it, whether it's shooting whether it's you know free throws you know this new strategy of hacking the big man it's all it's all just it's going in a different direction. You have to, you know, stay in the know. If if you're gonna just, you know, fight the power and say we're just gonna keep throwing it inside, let's see how long you last. Yeah, really. Adapt. Ad adapt, adapt or, or die. die. Adapt or die. But again, my my beef with analytics is that 
is is just is just what I said. It's it's taking what's hot right now and saying let's do more of that. Whereas because analytics because analytics wasn't a thing twenty years ago, it that, was that a thing. Sort of we just didn't pay attention to it. Well, it, I mean, it always was a thing, but right, yeah, nobody kept track of it. There no. was no, you right. know, there was no guy like so that. So maybe but. maybe in the olden days when Wilt Chamberlain, maybe those analytics showed that back to the basket worked. And you know, Bill Russell was around, you know, he won right. 11 national that, champ or 11 NBA championships. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. And then that just nobody sort of ever knew. But then maybe if they did know that that style of play would have lasted a little bit longer. But I'm sure it would. I mean, that's just like all sports. All sports change. Of course. I mean, it's the, the only that's the only that's the only constant. And I was sports with everything. Things change, and you you got to be able to adapt or die, like you said. It's a good and the first, the, the first teams to adapt, such as the Warriors and and Cavaliers, Houston Rockets, those teams are are successful until all the other teams catch up, and then you know somebody's gonna have to find a new style. Mm. Someone's gonna have to find something new that works, and yeah. whoever does that, I don't know. Well, we'll see. That's a good. That's a good coach's omelet, there, Scott. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if you've swayed me all the way just yet. I might need some more swaying. Uh, you're still gonna go right. old school on me. I'm still. Just go I'm with not the old feel. school. I'm just. I just am suspicious towards it. I'm just a little bit suspicious. Right. Obviously, Fair I can't enough. ask for more proof because the proof is there. Fair I'm enough. Just a little suspicious. I do like the whole adapt or die. I, I like that. I like that. That you got to be willing to. You got to be willing to change, or else. You don't have a future. Good deal. I like that. So, what do you think? You want to, uh, you want to go into weekend appetizer? Get some maps. So, what are you watching this weekend? What are you excited for? What's the little, what's the little sports nugget that's gonna excite your appetite a little bit? Weekend appetizer. What do you got, Scott? That's an interesting question. You always ask me, and I. I always have something going on the weekend, so it's tough. You uh, busy we're go- again? We're going up to Wesley um, tomorrow, oh, so another long road trip. Going uh, up? I thought Virginia Wesley not- was in like Virginia Beach or like Hampton or something like that. Right? Scott? Going to, yeah, we're going to Wesley. It's, uh, it's in Delaware, Dover, Delaware. Oh, so, this is oh, I'm this sorry. Is, okay, this is different. This is a different Wesley. Okay, my different bad. Different Wesley. No, no, no. We're, we're, it's a good long road trip. So we're on the road for a long time, um, but it's good. So I'll be away from the from the TV for a while, but I'm excited to watch the games on Sunday. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, everybody's got to be on the same page with me there. Um, if you don't know what's happened this weekend, um, you probably haven't been listening to the show up to now. Ugh. But a lot it, of you guys haven't been listening to the show. Let's just say, let's just say let's that. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the NFC or NFL divisional, you know, it's it's gonna be good. It, it, the four best teams in the in the NFL are in, um, and all rightfully so. For sure, it's a good final four of QBs. What do you got there? Well, Bob we didn't Sports mention guy? we didn't mention George Mason. There you go. So they're playing Richmond on Sunday at their place. And Mason Patriots, they, it's, they, they are going to find themselves a, a tough opponent with Richmond. Richmond's 5-0 and in A-10 play after going 6-6 six and six 
in you know b- before conference play started. So Richmond's going to be tough, but but this is one that Mason really needs. Being two and three in the A10, they really got to even themselves back out. So that's what I'm excited for. And then obviously, obviously, got to be excited for the for the conference championships. I mean, that's just a that's just a given. But that's my little weekend. Out, A10's, a, A10's a gauntlet, man. That's a that's a tough road. I know they're two and three, and it's it could be better, but it's that's a tough, tough conference, man. Every yeah. night, oh, someone's sure. coming up to smack you. It's uh, yeah, it's always gonna be close. It's always gonna be tough. You gotta be at the top of your game every every single game. Yep. Every single game. So as we're winding down, Scott, if you didn't get enough perpetual sports talk, you can find us on Twitter. There you go. At, no, go ahead. Go ahead. go ahead. No, I always mispronounce. I say like perv sports talk, and that's not it. <laughs> Perp sports talk. Perp. Perpe- perpetual sports. Just Google us, Perpetual Sports Twitter, and we'll come right up. You'll be our 10th follower, along with a few spam accounts, and we'll be There's good. some real accounts thrown in there. There are some real accounts thrown in there. Not yeah. many, but there are. There's a good, there's a good half dozen. They're there. They're yeah. there. Yeah, maybe uh, if you're listening, obviously you're listening to us now, just go up to your little toolbar, click uh, Add to Favorites. You got to just click Add to Favorites. This could, It's Scott's homepage, I'm pretty sure. Of course. So, so just do a little do a little. DM add. me. Yeah, Again, I'll solve your problems. Every every single every single one. It doesn't matter what it is. I, I threw in woodworking in there, beer. We like talking, you know, weather, anything. anything Relationship trouble. I'm here to talk to you. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. For sure, but that's gonna that's gonna do it for us. We gotta go get to our real jobs now, Scott. Our other jobs. I don't have I don't I don't have a real job. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, that's it. My name is Sean, and I'm Scott. <laughs>